Hello, hello, everybody. We are going live for uh, Tuesday Talks today. And uh, today we have an amazing, amazing guest called Fran Garten. I hope I'm saying your second name correct. Now, Fran Garten is a uh, number one best-selling author, speaker, body-inclusive personal trainer, um, pain reduction coach. She's teaching people to live pain-free teaching them to identify their triggers, reduce stress, and so much more. Um, now, Fran is here to add laughter and fun to your life. Um, let's get Fran on and hear her story. Hi, Fran. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you very much for uh, joining Tuesday Talks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much. I've, I've done a short introduction uh, for you already, but you know, you're the best person to expand onto it and fill it in and let us know more. So let us know, uh, the audience who are listening to this now or watching as well, um, who you are, what you do. And the biggest question of all is, you know, why do you do it, Fran? <laughs> okay, well, I'm Fran and, and I'm here in Canada, actually, Ontario, Canada is where I am. And it's a beautiful sunny day here. We're at like 30 degrees Celsius, which is awesome, considering it's September. Uh, I am, like you mentioned, I am a pain reduction coach. I am a body-inclusive personal trainer, and I'm a fibromyalgia warrior. And so what I do, basically, is I help people reduce stress. I help people minimize their pain. I help people learn to love movement and to redefine what movement means for them. I don't like the word exercise. I think when we use that word, many people go, ooh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't do that, I don't like that. And so I like the word movement because it feels very flowy to me and very freeing and it has different connotations in people's minds. So I use the word movement for people and the whole body inclusive aspect of that is I, we don't for, focus on weight loss. We don't focus on the number on the scale or the size that you wear. We focus on being healthy and happy and moving the body in the ways that it feels good. So that's what I do in a nutshell. That's, that's actually uh, very interesting. And thank you for sharing that as well to, to hear that, you know, uh, not using the word exercise, which, you know, a lot of people use. And, and yeah, 100% exercise has a different connotations to it, right? And sometimes you're happy. Yeah, okay, I will do it. But majority of the time, no. You know, mm -hmm. we, we know it's a challenge. Uh, yeah. It's, it's there. Um, so, I mean, what got you into it and why, you, why you're doing changing lives with this now with for others yeah um i went through a period a uh, four-month period actually which was in 2011 and i had a lot of stress at work i was an adult educator at the time with the school board and i had a lot of external stress work stress because um you sometimes can't control things at work and we take that on, I think, and we don't necessarily know how to deal with the stress that's attached to it. So that's what I was doing. And I was getting pain in my body and I had blurry vision and headaches and nausea. And I just thought I had vision problems. Maybe I needed glasses or something. And then one morning I went into work and I turned on the lights in the classroom and I couldn't see anything because my vision was gone. And, uh, 
So the vision came back in one eye, but it stayed gone in the other eye for four months. And I had a migraine and I was in bed. Like I, I don't, even now, as much as I talk about it and I go on podcasts and do lives with people and I, you know, I wrote a chapter about it in a book. Even now, when I think back to that time, I don't remember a lot of that four month period at all because I was very medicated. I was very ill. They didn't know what was going on. And so it's a very blurred part of my life. It seems like someone else lived it. When I talk about it, it doesn't feel like it's my life. And then after that and, and recovering, getting my vision back, I started making some changes in my life. And then I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. And for many years, I went through what we call a pain recovery cycle. So you just, you know, you kind of live. I'm going to, I'm going to, for me at the height of my pain, I was at a 15 out of 10. Okay. Then when I kind of got, I got my diagnosis and I kind of took things into my own hands and was taking some medication, I was at an eight out of 10, which I thought was fantastic, which it is in comparison. But now I live at zero, like I don't have pain. And I exercise and I teach fitness classes and I coach my clients and I do all these things and I'm active, but I don't have the pain that I used to have. So coming back to your question, why do I do what I do? Because I don't feel that anybody should live with pain. There, there's no, there, there are many reasons why people have pain and there are many things we can do to reduce pain and even eliminate pain. But there's also the aspect that we have to consider what is causing the pain because it's not just physical. There's emotional things attached to it. Um, so many people and myself included, we tolerate pain for a variety of reasons. But my hope is that I can teach people tools and strategies to reduce their pain so that they can actually live full lives. Like when I got diagnosed, I was in my late thirties when I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and that's that's young to have a condition that you're going to have for the rest of your life and to be in so much pain. So I, I think there are different things that we can do that I have done that I teach people to do to reduce pain, to add the movement to your life and to sort of change the vision of what you want your life to look like. Wow. I mean, I'm in, I'm in awe of the journey already that you know that you've been through of uh, of pain and, and that the uh, then you from zero now uh, yeah. out of 10 is 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 you know from 15 to 8 to to zero uh yeah. it's, 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 yeah it's, it's just mind blowing uh, and I, I would love to to understand a little bit more in terms of uh so the emotional attachments that you were you, you mentioned earlier there as well so it, it's just making me think uh, I was told certain things as well because I have these um, lower back pains. So it's not a lower back pain, but it's, it's it's that area where it just goes from left to right. Sometimes, sometimes the whole uh, doctors can't find anything. And somebody mm -hmm. did say that maybe it's uh, it's triggered by something, and I'm like, I have no idea, but I know it's just it's 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 not pain, it's discomfort. So I can't yeah. sit. For, I don't. I never like sitting for too long. So, but when I sit for too long, it just happens. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, okay, maybe it's the posture or whatever. So it's not. And so, yeah, somebody did mention that, you know, there maybe is something that's triggering or it's ancestral. 
and so there's so many things that's been mentioned so i mean need to know like uh, yeah i would love to know what your thoughts are on that so yeah um so when it comes so there's a couple things when it comes to pain we need to think about how pain works so our body doesn't really know we have pain okay so if i bang my hand my hand does not know it has pain what happens is it gets the external stimuli so getting hit and that force and then it, the the receptors send it all the way up the nerves to the spinal column into the brain and then the brain has to figure out well what was that and what what happened and how should we respond to this stimuli and it's kind of i i explain it like it's kind of like a catalog like a card catalog or a database in your brain and your brain goes okay did we experience anything similar to that banging of the hand in the past and the brain goes yeah yeah we did and okay what what did we do well we said that it hurt and we gave some pain and then she lied down and took some advil and then everything was okay 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 let's do that so then it sends a signal back down to the hand and i go ow that really hurt but the brain like the body doesn't know it has pain the brain tells it right and so this is something to be mindful of now there are also pain um pain that can happen because of structural things or mechanical so if i sit at my desk all the time and my shoulders are rolled forward all the muscles here all the pecs here in the chest get really really tight and they're short they're holding me in this rolled forward position so then when i actually straighten up all these muscles go oh that's uncomfortable like because we don't do that we're here and now you're making me be open here so we don't really like that so pain is you know a message from the brain am i doing something that's going to cause me some danger or something that's that's not safe okay so i'm going to send the pain signal so i stop doing that right um or i'm in a particular position like this and the muscles are just not used to being active and actually holding me up nice and tall or it could be that it doesn't really know what's happening and it's an emotional thing so when we talk about emotions so this is the the part i think with many people when it comes to pain that is uncomfortable uh i had a client explain to me this is yucky i don't it's yucky i don't like it it doesn't feel good because the thing with the emotional part as you're mentioning right is that we seem to be told or taught indirectly that we should suppress our emotions especially if they're negative right and by suppressing them we're not actually like think about them like energy if i have emotion and i'm sad if i cry and release the emotion then i'm i'm releasing that energy right and i'm at least releasing these negative feelings that are attached to this emotion and then i can release it and 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 move on but if i don't release it if i don't cry when i feel sad for example then i'm just holding that in well the body has to do something with that like what is the body doing with that emotion nothing it's bottling it up and then so what happens is then we get pain in variety of our areas of the body and that's just a reflection of an emotion that's being attached like when we talk about um the chakras the heart chakra is here this is related to love sadness stress anxiety so if you have those feelings you might feel 
tightness here or you might feel tenderness like if you you know go for to the doctor and get an exam or you're at a massage and they're actually massaging this area you might kind of go wow like that's really sensitive yeah because you've got all these emotions all this stress and anxiety trapped here so we need to release them because the body has to do something with that energy and if we hold it in it manifests in pain so dealing with those things and you mentioned ancestral lines as well you could be carrying these emotions from previous generations that we need to heal and release so there's a lot of components to pain and and i think for many people the difficulty is some people are very science fact based yes and there's lots of science out there on like on on pain you can read the body keeps the score cure um mind over body um dr john sarno does a lot of great work on back and other um feelings and and pains in the body so there's a lot of research out there on pain so if you want all that stuff go read the books <laughs> like there's a lot of stuff out there but then there's another group of people and those people are very much about energy and feeling and and allowing the emotions to come. And so I find sometimes when we talk about pain, if you're talking to people who really like the sciencey stuff, they're like, okay, I'll, any of the other like as soon as I'm like heart chakra, they're like, no, I, no, I don't I don't know. But there's research on energy as well, right? Like mm -hmm. we know that there's lots out there. And then there's the other people who are all about the feeling and the emotional part of it. And as soon as you mention anything like, well, go read this book. They're like, no, 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 no I don't want to read the book. I just want to feel the emotion, which is totally fine. But I think that the point I'm making is that at, at some point, and we see it in lots of uh, areas, not just pain or fitness or wellness that we're now marrying and really open to the scientific research base and the emotional aspects which there's a lot of research on that as well but we see i in my experience anyway we seem to be bringing things together now a little bit more and um there's there's so much out there and we just don't understand the power of the body and the mind and and when i talk about pain I, I i want so i have i have tattoos right so and i and i like using this example because it's very clear this hurts when i get tattooed it hurts they tear your skin open that's what they do right and you bleed however this is a positive emotional situation for me it represents something important to me so going and having the tattoo for hours sitting in a chair is not a big deal like that's not really pain i'll put that in quotation marks right yeah. because the the reason for it the meaning behind it is very positive for me so it's not painful but if i bang my hand then i'm like oh my god like oh man that really hurts really in comparison like if i were to judge them my tattoo yeah it was uncomfortable but i sat there for like four hours but that banging my hand oh man like i couldn't do anything for the rest of the day like so it's it seems a little bit interesting when you think about it in that sense because the tattooing is far more invasive and painful than banging my hand but my response to them are different so then i feel them differently and that's a brain thing mm. right I, that's I, not I a body that. thing yeah, I, I love I love that example, uh, and and it's it's actually great because I've got a tattoo as well myself on my on my uh, right arm, uh, and as as you said, yeah, it was it was it was a good pain. I as I put it myself, it, it, it's a good pain. Yeah, I was there for a couple of hours, um, and you know, 
it's literally being being punched <laughs> through and uh and you come out you are in pain but you're not feeling it you are going about your day doing everything and you're you know uh, you're wrapped up in cling film and all that cream up and everything so that it stops bleeding and heals mm-hmm. but yeah and and as soon as you you know yeah bang your hand into something and you you like oh yeah i can't do anything i can't hold a pen i can't do this is is that is that uh the mind what what we've told the mind what kind of pain that is is mm-hmm. we've already so it just says already that we are able to control what we feel from that pain and how we operate right so we we can uh instead of just accepting it and say oh yeah this is it and 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 continue right mhm mhm and it's it is interesting because we do really identify and categorize and our brain likes to put things in categories and what's going on here and how are we going to respond like that's what it does it keeps us safe it keeps mm-hmm. us from being you know severely injured like there are purposes for having pain but in many cases I'll, I'll say some cases I won't say many in some cases although I do believe it's many but <laughs> it's a different part that's a different interview um you know I think we there's a reason for it. and 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 when I say I said early you know people tolerate pain I, I want you to think about imagine you were I I have a client who I use this example she has kids and and her two youngest children are high needs so they're on the spectrum um and her oldest is not and so when the two younger ones came along the parents had to put all of their energy into these two because they had higher needs. The older child didn't get as much attention. She wasn't neglected, but she didn't get all the attention because the other kids needed it, right? Yeah. So for her, as an example, maybe having pain is a way that she gets the attention and love from her caregivers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when she bangs her hand, she's going to be like, "Oh, like it really hurt. Like I can't do anything," right? Because then the parents or the caregivers will be like, "Okay, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Come and get, you know, they're caring for her because she doesn't always get that." So the pain that we tolerate and that we we allow to stay in our lives is because we're getting some kind of benefit from it. And it's not a bad thing. I don't I'm not saying that as a judgment, but it is the reality, right? So, yeah, I'm I can be totally transparent. I have pain some days that's not like it used to be, and it's quite minor in comparison. And but some days when I'm just really tired, it's really extreme. Mm-hmm. I I will say that my pain is really really high. Is it really high? No, but it allows me the excuse to say I'm not going to do xyz today because I just have pain. Mm-hmm. And it gives me the time out. It gives it gives me an excuse to get that time out without feeling guilty. And so I think that we do use that and there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's something that you're constantly in pain, then I would I would uh, you know recommend question yourself, why are you in pain? Why are you staying there what are you getting from it because once you know what is the reason why you're allowing that yourself to stay in this pain cycle then you can start to deconstruct okay what kind of emotions are attached to this what kind of maybe forgiveness work do i need to do to to minimize this pain so there's a lot of components to pain emotions are just one of them so would would that be uh few of the triggers that you 
ask them to look for or uh, how how do you get them to identify the triggers let's say if uh, somebody comes in and has no previous background of any of this yeah that's uh, a great question the So the things that trigger our pain obviously like I mentioned our emotions mm-hmm. foods that we eat if we eat inflammatory foods that triggers the cut the gut and then that affects the whole entire body so looking at what foods you have um I we look at negativity in your life so what kind of people are you surrounding yourself with who is in your circle and that's probably one of the most challenging ones because sometimes we're not able to remove those people completely because they might be family members or friends or coworkers that you can't avoid uh so there are, are you know strategies to minimize that um but yeah we identify the different triggers and the easiest way to do that is just to track it so what are your symptoms how are you feeling and you can rate yourself at a 10 and then track when you have a trigger I have found those Ishan with most of my clients if they eliminate sugar it will reduce their pain. And the reason I say this so I'm going to so for the sciency people I'll explain it. <laughs> so sciency I put that in quotation marks. <laughs> so this is not super sciency but you know our whole entire body is made of fascia right which is the connective tissue and the fascia surrounds all the muscles and all the f- muscle fibers and everything and fascia should slide okay so this is what it's flexible it allows me to move my fingers and that's how it should work if it's healthy if it's unhealthy fascia becomes sticky like velcro mm-hmm. so i want you to think about the bottom of your foot yes some people say i have plantar fasciitis right Oh, plantar yeah. fasciitis is inflammation of the fascia that runs along the base of the foot and up into the ankle and then up the back of the leg. Okay, so think about this. Fascia is supposed to move. When I walk, I'm supposed to be able to move. My foot should be very flexible, right? There's a lot there's a lot of bun- little bones in there. The feet move around. But when the fascia is not healthy, so it's sticky, then when I try and walk, it pulls the fascia, but there's nowhere for it to go. because it's not pliable it's not flexible so then i get pain mm-hmm. right so if i can reduce my sugar then i get more blood more oxygen to the fascia which makes it more pliable and movable and then i have less pain so that's the number one thing i recommend to people always just eliminate your sugar and be very mindful of it because if you can track what you're eating and how it affects you then you can figure out what your triggers are if you can you know when you're with people that cause you stress maybe or anxiety if you know what is the trigger like is there a, a topic of conversation is there a situation that causes that stress to rise up okay then maybe we're going to avoid that right and Definitely. so it's it is important you have to know what your triggers are and until you know what your triggers are you can't really attack anything because everything seems overwhelming So number 1 I would say definitely reduce your sugar if you can eliminate it completely that would be great and then number 2 look at who the people are that you're um spending time with and I always say to people you know some people in our lives enjoy drama mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the situation is right there's always drama and you think why why is why is it such a big deal right so you know everybody you know one person at least one i'm yeah, sure there's always one 
There's always one. So my advice always is, so you got to think, those people want drama. And the best way to get drama is to come to you and I say, oh, Zishan, blah, 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 and I tell you this thing. And you respond, right? And that's what I want. I need their input, right? I need the response. And then I can come back, right? And we can do this back and forth with mm -hmm. this gossip or whatever drama were, has been created. But if for those people... When they come to you and I say, Zishan, listen to this. And I tell you and you go, oh, hmm, hmm. And then I try, but what's going to happen is I'm going to try again, right? Because I'm trying to pull you in, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To the, this conflict or this drama situation. But you're not going to bite. Like, so this is the important piece. You just, I try again and you go, oh, hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I try again. And your response is a non-response. And what's going to happen is those people eventually are going to be like, he like doesn't it. give me what I want, so I'm going to go to somebody else, right? Because that's what they need. They need mm -hmm. the interaction. If you don't give it, it can't be there. And so it's very interesting to see. We teach people how to treat us. We teach people what we'll accept in our life, in our conversations, in our relationships. And if we no longer accept those or participate, that other person has nowhere to go but somewhere else <laughs> because I'm not giving them what they want. So it's it's hard because we have all these patterns patterns that we fall into regularly and now it's a matter of changing our patterns but once we know the trigger then we can change the pattern to do something else i, lo I love sense? this uh, yeah yeah totally that's totally the, and and i love this when when you were just mentioning the 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 last example of you know when uh, when somebody is there to, to create that drama or or gossip uh and i, I was literally picturing myself because i am that person in terms of who who doesn't respond to to the drama so it's very few people now approach me with with anything uh unless they have uh you know a concrete backing like okay this is real otherwise mm -hmm. I'm like uh, my my response is really ah that's interesting mm, okay yeah <laughs> you know okay. uh, unless, yes unless you unless you show me a video or something like yeah yeah look this is it like all right okay now, now you're gonna get a response okay this is actual happen and, and whatever the according response would be that time. yes but yeah, it's it's quite interesting as as you mentioned that uh, it's it's us allowing everybody else how to treat us, uh, which also triggers what we are going through, right? Because they're not doing anything by you know they, they didn't wake up okay I'm gonna go and make Zishan's life miserable today. No, they didn't. But no. it's, it's who they are in in by default, so they're just doing their thing every day. If we don't respond to it. Uh, what, sooner or later it will stop right and, and you don't have to actually do anything because a lot of time when we say to you know oh yeah you need to uh, hang out with people which are positive for you and cut out the people which are negative so you don't need to do any you know drastic measures from you like yeah go cold turkey and cut them off you can just stop responding to the actions that they do around you which make you uncomfortable or which are not approved by you and which means mm -hmm. you are slowly slowly creating that um barrier in front of you right you you're creating your boundary and making them mm -hmm. you know subconsciously making them aware of that boundary right okay yeah great you should love to share these things with me great you like to do this thing with me but hang on a minute i'm not interested in these things anymore so mm -hmm. i might i'm not going to respond so or i will just generally acknowledge it and then it won't go any further 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that WhatsApp and Telegram, uh, these communication apps, they have these emojis that you don't mm-hmm. have, really have to now respond as a reply if somebody texts you, right? You can just give it a thumbs up uh, on, on the actual uh, text message itself, or, you know, that's, that's a response. So like, I've got nothing to say to this. Let's just acknowledge it. You know, it's acknowledged. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I'm not leaving you hanging. So, you know, have your fill. That's it. Done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love it. the boundary, right? Yes, exactly. And the thing is, is that that's the challenging part too, right? Is that we, we've got into our life and the way we are and the way that we have created these interactions with people. And that's sort of our pattern. And now we have to break the pattern. Like you said, we got to set the boundaries and, and you have to remember, and, and this is something I, I, I tell my clients as well, be mindful because the people that you're, you're changing your behavior. So you're saying, okay, I don't want drama anymore. So I'm not going to respond. Those people are not going to like that because you're now changing your interaction with them. And they're like, what the heck, man? Like, normally I go and Zijon's like, yeah, he jumps in and we, we jib jab about things and we complain about a lot of stuff. And now you're not complaining anymore. Like what, what is happening here? I don't like that. So they're not really going to like it. But the thing is, is that that's okay. You, you are not here to do everything that everybody else wants. This is my feeling. We are here to help each other, to live a good life, to live without stress, to reduce our pain, to enjoy things, to help each other. Like we're here for other things. I'm not here to gossip about somebody else. Like that's not my purpose. And that's fine. If it's your purpose, great, like go ahead. But I'm not participating in that. And so when you decide that you want to make changes, people around you are not necessarily going to like it. But like you said, you won't have to do a lot because as soon as you start the engagement and stop how you're interacting and change it, the people around you are, if they really want to be in that negative space, they're just not going to talk to you about it. And honestly, it's okay. Because now I think about this this way, you now have made room for some positive people, for some people who are on the same wavelength as you to come in. Because when you're crowded with all the drama llamas that are around there, right? You can't have all the other positive people coming in. There's no room for them. So if I get rid of the drama llamas, oh, look at that. I've paved this pathway for all the positives, for all the people to come in who are now sharing my viewpoint on how I want life to be. Right. So just think about it that way when you when you think about, well, if I if I don't participate, then, you know, they're not going to invite me to come out after work on Thursday night. Yeah, I know. But do you really enjoy going after out after work on Thursday night? If all you're going to do is complain with your coworkers? Really? Is that how you want to spend Thursday night? Because I'd rather spend it, you know, talking about, you know, where I'm going to go on my next vacation or or what are we going to do with our kids or all the memories that we've created together. I don't want to talk about all the negative things, right? So, you know, really look at what choices you're making, what boundaries you've set and, and how you are participating in your relationships. And do you like them? Do you like that role that you're playing? And if you don't, you have the right to change that. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. If they don't like it, that's okay. No problem. They can move along. <laughs> and they will. They, they will. You won't have to kick them out of the friendship. They will find... or. On the other side too, Zishan, you might actually end up converting people that they go, wow, yeah, let's go out after work and have a couple of drinks and have some dinner and like play games or go dancing or, you know, have fun. 
instead of complaining about stuff, right? So they might come along with you and go, wow, this is a, I like this change. 100%, 100%. I, I agree with that 100%. So when, when people are uh, already, you know, going through these kind of changes, and I know you, you mentioned the word movement, right, rather than exercise. So how, how do you introduce that movement? What does that look like? What, what is this um, then for them? Obviously, because it has to be introduced. Yes. Yeah. So when I talk about movement, I always say to people, find something that you enjoy. So for me, I like to dance. I love dance. I have a playlist on Spotify that's called Dance Break. <laughs> when every throughout my day, if I need a dance break, I just pull up my playlist. I press play. I randomly select a song and I dance around my house. That's movement. Go for a walk. Go swimming. Like do whatever you like. So movement should be things that give the most mobility to your body so as much range of motion as you can that feels good to you and so if you enjoy lifting weights then do that that's perfectly fine but if if you don't don't do it you know qigong is fantastic tai chi is great these things are very um gentle for the joints and gentle for the muscles and so i personally have found a huge um, reduction in inflammation uh, by, um, yes, I love that. Yeah, I see um, someone commenting about moving the energy. That's exactly what it is. You're moving the energy. So yeah, like even, you know, if you, sometimes I say to people, movement can be, you know, like if I feel stress, I like just kind of brush my whole body. Like I just flick the energy away. Like that's all I do. I just flick it off of me because we want to move things and we want to create movement and we want that energy to flow. So I say for people to pick what they like. When they're working with me um, from a, a, a movement perspective, when I work with my clients, sometimes we'll do traditional things like squats and overhead presses and things like that. And then other times we just, I'll put them, put a song on and they'll just, I'll say, move to the song. And they're like, what? I'm like, just move to the song. And when I teach classes, <laughs> I teach fitness classes and I'm like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to salsa today. And they're like, whoa, what is happening right now? I'm like, well, we're going to learn to salsa. And they're like, this is a fitness class. Yes, I know, but we're moving. So I put on some Latin music and we salsa. And, and it changes the way that you think about things because you kind of, you're doing something different and your brain has to work because it has to teach your feet to move in a certain way and listen to the music and try like, and so you're focusing in a different way, but you're having fun. And then you actually go, Oh, wow, I learned how to do a salsa step. Like, that's kind of cool. And so then we just start, you know, let's salsa. And everyone goes, okay, let's do that. So it's just kind of the idea of flowing and moving the energy, if that makes sense. But just move. That's all I move. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to be like dying at the end of it. It doesn't have to be for an hour. It can be three minutes, two minutes, whatever you want. Just move your body and get that energy moving. Because the more you move, the better your body feels. And if you have pain, you have pain because there's inflammation. There's not as much movement in your joint. So we need to increase that. So find the things that you like. So my go-to is always dancing. Always. <laughs> I, I, I love that actually. That, and, that's, and when you're mentioning, you know, like, you know, doing salsa or any, any sort of dancing, uh, people like me who struggle with dancing a lot. And so I always say I've got two left feet, uh, uh, very non-rhythmic. So it's, it's a case of, if you are doing this in that way, you are obviously learning to dance. 
which means you're also growing. So you're all, uh, you know, your, your brain is growing as well. So your mind is learning to read the signals that you, you're trying to understand, you know, at that, this beat, you need to do this left foot, mm -hmm. right foot, you know, forward, backward, left, right, and all that signals, because you're consciously looking at it to the point when it becomes natural and you, you don't have to think about it because your brain's already putting that signals out straight away, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My, my, my go-to is walking. I, I walk a lot, so I can walk about five miles in, in a day. So, you know, mm -hmm. it takes me about takes me about two to three hours and I can definitely do five, you know, five miles uh, mm -hmm. around my neighborhood. Uh, so exactly, uh, you know, when I'm feeling stressful, when I am exhausted and I think, just go out for a walk, an hour maximum is, is great. Yeah, when if I feel like a quick one, 30 minutes, 15 minutes is, is great. It, what it does is also calms your mind and, and is giving that movement. As you said, you know, you need that movement. So you're, you are walking. So you pretty much, most of your parts of your body are moving, right? Mm -hmm. Because you are walking. You, we're designed to walk anyway. Any, everywhere we're, yes. supposed to do, we're supposed to be walking. So, uh, and by walking, you are pretty much done most of the exercise patterns that people use in the gyms and everything because it's a lot of muscles being moved uh, yes. in that movement, right? And now, yeah, those are different things. If you want to do squats, you want to bend and all that stuff, that's, you know, that can be included in there as well if you want to stretch. You know, mm -hmm. you wait, wait somewhere and then you start to stretch. Runners usually do. I, I, I don't, I'm not a runner, so I don't do that. There is a science behind running as well in terms of why it's good, but at the same time, it's bad as well because we are, mm -hmm. as humans, we're not designed to run. We are designed to walk. Um, I've, I've read some uh, science that there, where there's been people running for a long time and they ended up having back problems and heel problems because mm -hmm. we are hit, we are hitting the floor every time, no matter how, cushiony your you know your shoes shoes are you know how much form you have you still are giving that nerve a jolt every time when you're running mm -hmm. so yeah w walking is for me yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and the thing is that's the but the whole point and you said it exactly it's about moving the body it's about moving the body and moving all the parts of the body so it doesn't have to be um even if you want to dance you don't have to be good at it. <laughs> you know, like you, when I teach my, my participants to salsa, some of them are like, um, this is not what you're doing. And I'm like, it's all good. I don't care. Like I always say my golden rule is move your hands and legs and all the parts of the body. That's it. That's mm -hmm. the golden rule. I don't care what it looks like. I, I used to teach a class and there was a woman and we would do, it was traditional exercises, but it was a lot of coordination and opposite sides of the body. And she, every time we did this one particular th movement, she she just couldn't do it. And there was always music playing. And so anytime we got to, she goes, okay, it's my dancing time. And I'm like, and she's just dancing around. She goes, you said the rule, move your hands and legs and feet, right? I'm like, yes, she goes, that's what I'm doing. And so while we did that exercise, she danced and she just danced around. And actually what happened was some of the other people were like, I'm going to, that looks like more fun than this. <laughs> so that particular movement became the code now in class to where it's freestyle, freestyle dance time. <laughs> and so it just kind of became this big joke. And that's how it was. Okay. Freestyle dancing. And that's what we did for like, you know, a minute. And so it's just about getting the movement in there and enjoying it while you do it, because you're doing something to make your body happy. I, I love that. Thank you very much for, 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 for sharing all, all this journey and, and the examples of, you know, how you are, you're helping all these people out there. 
So if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, I know they can reach out to you via this Instagram that we are on now. Um, yep. any, any other places you are on? Yes. So they can reach out. It's Fran Garten Pain Coach on Instagram. So you can DM me, give me a follow there. And also, if you go to my website, frangartencoaching.com, there is a free um, stress worksheet on there. Uh, I find that stress is probably one of the biggest things that people have trouble with. And so there's a, a quiz and a worksheet on identifying your triggers and then how to deal with those triggers. So that's a free download on my website as well. But yeah, follow me on Insta. I'm around. I'm happy to interact with people, help people live pain-free. Lovely. That, that's great. I mean, uh, everybody who's been watching or li and listening to this, definitely follow Fran. You're, you're doing an amazing job. Uh, we, you, you're required because everybody's in pain for, for one or another reason anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's needed there. Uh, and definitely uh, listening to you now, I'm going to be paying more attention to the, my, my pain that I've, I've, I mentioned earlier to see why it's, it's, it's there and because it comes and goes and nobody's able to find anything. Right? I wonder so, if it's your, sorry, Zizan, I, I, I know we're going to wrap up. I wonder if it's stress. So, and the reason I say that is because my right low back, when I feel stress, I get pain there. I, it's I my stress spot. So everybody has a stress spot. So maybe it's your stress, stress spot. Who knows? A hundred percent thing think that it is because uh very first time that i did notice it but then i let it go uh was at my brother's wedding because i was organizing quite a lot of stuff till the mm. end until actual wedding day as well when i made sure and everything was working fine so i was like by the time i came home i was in pain in terms of mm. the because obviously the i think all the excitement was there so i was distracted but i was feeling mm -hmm. it I was feeling it. Yeah. by the time I came home, it was like, okay, I was out for the next day. <laughs> like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll do anything. So I think that it's, it's there. Um, yeah, certain time it just comes and goes. But I also noticed that it's for prolonged sitting as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's there. I'm going to now pay attention to it more yeah. and, 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 and see what, what is causing it. Uh, but no, thank you very much for, for sharing uh, all this journey. Um, so, so last thing before we, we close this is you, you also mentioned about stress there. Um, we can also touch upon what's the best way. I mean, the stress comes from various different reasons, but what's the best way to uh, de-stress oneself uh, on, a, on a day? you know that you can <laughs> that's a hard question ways. okay so yeah. i'm going to say two things that i that i would say for people number one is breathe mm. <laughs> breathing is really important and when we feel stressed we don't breathe fully we don't fully inhale into the chest and the abdomen and we don't fully exhale so really focus on breathing and and so when we talk about breathing inhale through your nose so think about smelling a rose and then exhale through your mouth think about blowing out a candle and so just focus on the breath so it should be it should be audible as well so i'm going to inhale and exhale so actually have it with a little bit of purpose and so even if you spend a minute a day just focusing on your breath and breathing inhale through your nose exhale through the mouth and if you feel stress just take a minute and breathe 
because when we're stressed, we're not thinking, right? We're in sort of sometimes in a panic or reactive mode. So breathing is really, really important. The second thing, which is what I teach my clients is, and I, and I don't mean to simplify anything, but I, I do like things that are very simple. Um, there are really two kinds of stress, external stress and internal stress. External stress and stressors are things that you can't control. So everybody else, <laughs> my boss, <laughs> schedules at the airport. This, this interview is an external stressor for me, okay? Because I can just come and do my best, mm -hmm. but I can't control whether you thought it was a good, time, good interview. I can't control the viewers, whether they enjoyed it. All I can do is control what I bring to your listeners and your viewers. So you guys are super important, but you're not a stressor that I can control. You're external stressors. Internal stressors are the ones I control. My thoughts, my actions, my responses, my words, my choices. So if you can look at stress in those two categories, and if you look at, okay, Zishan causes me stress today. Okay, you're an external stressor. You're, you should be off the list. It should not even be anything that I worry about because I cannot control it. So when we're thinking about our stress and what's causing us stress, think about it. Is it internal or external? Do you have control over it or don't you? Because if you don't, there really is nothing you can do about it. Like COVID is a perfect example, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how, how crazy it was where you were, but I have no control over COVID. Like at all. All I can do is wear a mask, protect myself, make good choices, it, like, right? I take care of my food, make sure I'm hydrated and I sleep. Like, I can take care of me, but I can't take care of anybody else. I can't take care of the government making rules and changing the rules. Or if I can't travel, I have no control over whether I can travel or not. That's not, that's out of my control. So for me to get stressed about it is kind of wasted energy if that makes sense. So I would say to people, really look at your stressors and are they controllable or not? And often the biggest one that people say they have control over is other people. And you don't have control over other people. <laughs> we like to think that we do, but we do not. <laughs> we can provide information, we can guide them, we can help them make some choices that we would like, but we can't make them make the choices that we want them to make. We can't make them behave in the way that we want. So the less I stress about it, the less stress I have. So really try and think about where your stressors are and, and whether you can control them or not. So those are kind of, I think, my two biggest things. Breathe and then really realize, can I control the stressor? And if I can, great. Then what are my steps to control that? But if I can't, it doesn't matter how much worry I have over it, how much I spend my day worrying about it, it's not going to change anything. And then I learned one, I want one last tip and then I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking. I can talk about this for a long time. Um, one thing that I actually learned from one of my clients is she does what's called the stress appointment. So every day, 4.30 on Friday is her stress appointment. Just in case you'd like to know, she gives herself 30 minutes. So what she does is she has a book and in her book, her notebook, Throughout the week, she writes down all the things that are stressing her. So if, some, if, if this interview is a stressor, I write down interview on Tuesday afternoon. I write that on my list. Mm -hmm. On Friday, 
she takes her list of all of her stressors and she actually sits down for 30 minutes and worries about them. And she goes through everything on that list. And the interesting thing is, is that she has found, and I've, I've done this myself as well, by the end of the week, some of the things you were stressed about aren't actually stressful anymore or they've resolved themselves. They're not, like, I, there are days that I've looked at the list and went, huh, I can't believe I actually wrote that down. Like, it's so yeah, insignificant. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to stress about that. Okay, I cross it off. But that time that I have, I know, I've told myself, my conscious mind is aware, my subconscious is aware, we're going to stress at 4.30 on Friday for half an hour. So you can get as angry or upset or cry or whatever you want to do in your stressful time, but you have that time for it. And so I have found that by doing that through the rest of my week, just by putting it on a list, I go, okay, okay, I'll deal with that on Friday. Because that's my stress time. And so by setting aside that time, you know that you're not going to forget about it. You know that you're not like just dismissing it, but it actually sometimes takes care of itself. So I would recommend a stress appointment for people. And you might find that you don't have as many stressors or they sort themselves out by the end of the week. I, I, I love that actually. And because I'm, I'm a stickler for, you know, I, I love, scheduling stuff everything i do is scheduled to the, to yes. the point where my lunch and dinners and all these things are happening is is all scheduled even though if i have a free flow time that's also scheduled you know like okay yes. i'm i'm gonna turn up here at that time whatever's from here is going to be free flow but that time was scheduled to be there and that's it you mm -hmm. know and and so if it, it, it does de-stress a lot of stuff already because you have scheduled for certain things to do there right so and, and it, it does helps um thank you thank you very much you know anybody who's been watching this and listening to this uh, it's going to be turned into a podcast but later on in the year uh, so anybody who's listening to this uh, and watching this now on IGTV, um if you had a you know a, a spark or or an aha moment it's it's your responsibility now to share this um episode with someone or anyone that just popped into your mind, you know, you need to tag that person or send this episode to that person because all we need to do is just create that spark that just was, was created in you now because we don't know who's just woken up or going to bed mm. thinking of a better day. And if this spark has been created in you, that will create in the, uh, them as well. And that's all we need to start the engines and get them doing what they want to be doing. Uh, on that note, you know, um, just going to ask you, what would you like to share as a, a wrap up as we wrap this up, so what would you like to share to last? Yes. Uh, you have the power to control and change your life. And you need to decide what you want that life to look like. And there's nobody that's holding you back from it except for you. That's it. I love that. Thank you very much. That is amazing. Um, Fran, thank you very much for, for being here and for your time. Uh, everybody else, we will see you next Tuesday as well. Bye-bye.